Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Chris makes a podcast producer. Chris Fafali is here. You know, every once in a while, we like to throw one of the episodes of the After Party Podcast here on the regular feed. For those of you who don't know, The After Party is our weekly bonus episode that we release to members of our supporting cast. We have a lot of fun making these, and people who are a part of our supporting cast are always telling us how much they enjoy the show. And I'm not making that up. They seriously do. And we put just as much love into The After Party as we do any of the podcasts that we make. And I'm not just going to say this. I'm going to prove it. In a minute here, I'm going to share the newest episode of The After Party. We don't usually share the newest one, but this week I thought it made sense. It's all about June of 1989, because that's when the song that we featured this week on Krista Makes a Podcast, Skid Row's 18 in Life, was released. Sometimes the episodes of The After Party coincide with the main episode, or sometimes there's something completely different, but either way, we always try to make them entertaining and educational. So yeah, if you love what we're doing over here at Chris Demakes the Podcast, you can head over to ChrisDemakes.com. That's ChrisDemakes.com and sign up for our supporting cast. You'll instantly get access to a humongous back catalog of episodes. And you'll also be eligible to be a contestant on our music trivia podcast game show, Defeat Demakes. And you'll get invites to Zoom parties. But most importantly, you'll be supporting the podcast that you love. Oh yeah, and all the episodes of The After Party are ad-free. You will hear an ad halfway through this one, but that's not the case when you sign up to our supporting cast. Okay, cool. I hope you all enjoy this journey back in time. Without any further ado, I present to you The After Party. Time Capsule, June 1989. Welcome to The After Party. Hey everybody, welcome to another After Party, where today we're going to take a look back to June of 1989 to coincide with the episode of Rachel Bowen when 18 in Life by Skid Row was released. Yeah, you were excited when I sent you this idea for an After Party, Chris, because you were like, I remember everything about June of 1989. <laughs> I guess you were what? You were a teenager, right? I was uh, 15, yes. And it's funny when because you, you had texted me last night and said, what do you remember or do you remember June 89 like like it was yesterday? Because, I mean, you were only, what, eight or nine then? Yeah, I was nine. You were nine. So, I mean, you were, certainly remember it, but, uh, you know, nine and 15 is a lot different. It was just an exciting age. Uh, I was had just finished my freshman year of high school. So I was going into what would have been my sophomore year of high school. Oh, wait a second. Let me think here. No, 
I was going into my junior year of high school. Excuse me. Okay. Junior year. Right. So it was the summer between 10th and 11th grade. And I wasn't too happy, though, Chris, because my mom made me take a driver's education class, which was a summer school class that was offered. So uh, the reason was you got a break on your car insurance uh, if you went to Ah. driver's ed. And it was a pretty, pretty big break uh, because they figured, okay, you've never really driven. You're young and you're male. Male's uh, insurance was always higher because we, you know, seem to be more reckless, or at least it was back. That was the the rule back then. So uh, yeah, I was uh, not too happy about having to go to summer school. That, that bummed me out. Yeah, that sucks. But she, also, she was getting ready for you to have a license as soon as you turned sixteen. So that's kind of cool. She was, and she handed me down her nineteen eighty four brown four door Buick Century. That uh, sick. That I ended up taking to college. It was the party wagon. Nice. Yeah. See, so. all, it all worked out. It, it it did. It definitely worked out. So, yeah, like you said, Chris, June 16th of 1989 is when 18 and Life was released. It's not actually when it was like at its peak in the charts or whatever, but it was when it was released. And June, you know, if you're listening to this episode when it comes out, summer's on its way, which you couldn't tell if you were looking out my window right now because it's, <laughs> it's snowing right now when we're recording this outside of my window. But... We're recording this in late late April, but doesn't matter. June of 1989, That's June's always an exciting time, especially when you're a kid, you're on summer break from school, and I just thought this would be a cool time to look back on. Uh, Chris, I want to set the mood for you a little bit more and put you even more in that headspace of you being a teenager. Here are some popular songs in the charts in June of 1989. First of all, I'll give you a chance. Can you guess any? That might be in there? Well, I, I may be able to, but I, I'd like you to give me the artist and I'll tell you the song. Okay, so New Kids on the Block were number one on the charts right now. I'll tell you that right now on June 16th. Okay, and that was 89. June 16th, would that have been for the song Hanging Tough? No, it's actually the song, and I like New Kids on the Block. Keep in mind, I'm nine, so I like New Kids on the Block. <laughs> um, it was I'll Be Loving You, and then in parentheses, forever. Oh, Yes. I kind of don't remember that one, but I bet if I hear it, I'll remember it. I do remember that song. Bette Midler was in the charts. She didn't do Wind Beneath My Wings. Who did that? She sure did. Okay, okay. That was Bette Midler. Okay, yeah. Also, Chris, Bobby Brown was in in the charts for a couple different songs at this time. Would that be Don't Be Cruel? No. No? Okay. What was the big Bobby Brown song? I'm blanking right now. So the big Bobby Brown songs at this time were Every Little Step. That's right. It's a jam. And we're going to, this is kind of a spoiler alert for something we're going to talk about (laughs) later in the episode, but also on our own was in the charts Ah, at this time. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) Also in the charts at this time, Chris, I'll I'll go through these kind of quick. Richard Marks, Satisfied, Uh a song we've just talked about last week or two weeks ago on the after party, Nina Cherry Buffalo Stance. Yes. That was that time period. Millie Vanilli, Baby, Don't Forget My Number. Good thing from the Fine Young Cannibals. What Guns N' Roses song was in the charts right now? In 89, I believe that would have been Patience. You got it. All right. All right. <laughs> Good job. 
what I believe should be the national anthem of the United States, I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty. Ah. <laughs> Forever Your Girl from Paul Abdul, which totally makes sense. Dude, this is around the time when I got was getting my first albums and stuff, and I had that album, that Paul Abdul album. Some good songs on there. And by the way, everything that you mentioned, they were all MTV staples. And that whole summer, right. MTV was on at my house. Unless my dad was home maybe watching the news or watching some sitcom at night, it was MTV 24-7 in that house i i yeah. i watched headbangers ball every saturday night religiously with mark cruz um it was just man what a great time i i, I so many great memories of that summer yeah i'm gonna stop well, i'll stop naming songs when and i'll let you guess when i come to a band where i'm like oh yeah you're gonna know okay which right now is one of those examples cinderella cinderella that would have been i remember I remember Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone was a hit in the fall of 88. And don't ask me why I know that, but I do. Uh, was this for Coming Home? Sure was. All right. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Uh, <laughs> Toy Soldiers by Martika. What a great song. I love that song. We just did a one-hit thunder about that song. She's cool. Express Yourself by Madonna was in the charts. Another one you like, the, one of the creepiest songs ever, Into the Night by Benny Mardonis. <laughs> um, Gosh. I'm sure you can guess what great white song was in the charts at this time. Would that have been Once Bitten, Twice Shy? Hell yeah. Okay, well, and, and the Benny Mardonis song we've talked about before, that uh, was a re-release. That was recorded in like 80, right. 81, I think. And and that was when, for some reason, uh, disc jockeys in the late 80s were you know giving songs a resurgence that had been recorded years earlier. Inter interesting time. Right. And Chris, what winger song was in the charts in June of 1989? I believe... That would have been headed for a heartbreak, right? Yep, you got it. There you, you go. got it. And, and the one more that I noted, just because I love this band as a teenager, some, I like punk rock, but for some reason I loved this band. I think it was because of their MTV Unplugged. But Trouble Me by 10,000 Maniacs popped up into the top 100 for a minute there. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, man. Trouble. All right, so now we're going to go through June of 1989, and some notable things happened in June of 1989, some things I learned about, too, that I didn't really know a lot about. But uh, on June 2nd, in the theaters, Dead Poet Society premiered. Yes. Uh, oh, Captain, My Captain. Yeah, that uh, movie was huge. And man, those were still the days where, uh, you know, 89, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be movie theaters, but... Uh, the blockbuster uh, video rental type stores were just huge and it was all VHS tapes and you'd, you'd go there on, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday nights with your parents and, and you know, stock about a bunch of bad candy and popcorn and, and movies and good times. Yeah. You weren't able to do that with Dead Poet Society yet. You'd have to go to the movie theater to see it. And dude, you notice how quickly movies go from the theaters to like, on HBO and stuff now, or sometimes it's simultaneous. I guess the pandemic kind of caused that a lot, but yeah, it's really quick 
from movie theater to like being able to watch it at home now. Oh yeah, though they 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 capitalize quick because uh, pe- people these days seem to have fleeting <laughs> fleeting memories, fle- fleeting thoughts. Uh, June third. Now, Chris, this is something. It's one of those things like it didn't really, I guess because maybe it was happening, but it didn't learn about it a lot in school. But on June 3rd was the beginning of the Tiananmen Square massacre as Chinese troops opened fire on pro-democracy supporters in Beijing. And by the next day, now, things I watched went anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000 as far as the death toll that happened here. But I didn't know a lot about this. And last night I watched a lot of stuff about it and learned a lot. Yeah, it was, uh, it was protests that, you know, when I think if you look at the lower numbers, I think that's maybe what the Chinese government wants you to think. But I think there was many more atrocities that were reported. Yeah, it was a really sad, uh, upsetting, disturbing thing that there. Um, but that was it on June 3rd of 1989 that they opened fire. You know, there were months leading up to that, the protests. But uh, yeah, uh, there's lots of uh, good news documentaries about that that I watched a bunch of them last night. Um Completely different subject. This is so trivial. But on June 7th, Chris, I thought this was interesting. For one second on June 7th, the time was 1.23 and 45 seconds on 6, 7, 8, 9. So for one second on June 7th, it was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. We lived that, you and I. We did. <laughs> we lived that. Yeah. Growing up, Chris, I was a big hockey fan. Not necessarily a fan of this guy because I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm a Mario guy. But um, on June 7th, Wayne Gretzky won his ninth Hart Trophy to be MVP of the NHL in 10 years. He was the MVP for nine out of 10 years in the NHL, which that's like mind boggling. That's crazy. What what an amazing accomplishment. You, You can't puck with that, Chris. Another sports thing, which I thought was interesting. Once again, I'm from Pittsburgh, and on June 8th, the Pittsburgh Pirates scored 10 runs in the first inning, which prompted Pirates broadcaster Jim Rooker to say he would walk from Pittsburgh to Philly if the Pirates lost that game. Well, guess what, Chris? The Pirates lost that game 15-11, to and at the end of the season, Jim Rooker walked from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia. <laughs> he, kept, uh, he kept Dr. Scholl's footwear in, in business that summer. Yeah, for sure. That's, uh, that, that's a that's a hike. How long would it take? Let, let me look here real um, quick. Let me. I'm, gonna, so I'm just gonna do a quick search. It's like a 300 mile. <laughs> let, let me let me see. It's a 300 mile or so distance. So 300 miles, and if you're walking, you can walk like four miles an hour. Yeah, but you got to take in consideration. There's gonna be rough terrain. You got to stop for cars or street lights. There's gonna be stuff along the way that's gonna slow you down. Certainly, right? I mean, it'd probably take him a. A week, because it's like 75 hours if you're walking four miles an hour. This is saying it's going to take four days and seven hours. Right. And then you stop to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, but that that, that doesn't count sleeping, so I'm going to go with you over a week. Yeah. The Pirates really screwed him over. And how do you lose if you (laughs) score 10 runs in the first inning? Man, Pirates. Pirates have always... (laughs) Pirates suck, man. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, I guess they were good before I was born, Clemente years and stuff. But man, it's been a rough, a rough go of it since then. There was a, a couple of years when I was a kid when the Pirates had Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, Andy Van Slyke, where they were going to make a run, and then Sid Bream slid into home plate. Didn't you watch baseball for a little while? As oh, a kid? Uh, uh, absolutely. And uh, you know, I think the only team, a, a different sport, but uh, you know, the, the 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 Pirates they rival the, the Detroit Lions in crapping all over their fans. Yeah, yeah, for they sure. really they really do. Everyone just likes to talk about how beautiful the park is. Yeah, 
It's not not such a beautiful team there. But anyway, uh, <laughs> enough about the Pirates. On June 10th of 1989, Chris, you may have liked this as a kid. Tales from the Crypt debuted on HBO. That was a big thing. That was yeah. that was like pushing the limits of gore. It was it was awesome. Uh, on June thirteenth of nineteen eighty nine, the Detroit Pistons swept the Lakers to win the NBA championship. That's right. I was in Michigan that summer. I believe uh, that was the Detroit team with uh, Isaiah Thomas was was playing sure was. with them then. Uh, I remember watching the championships uh, with my cousin in Howell, Michigan that summer. That team was a bunch of bullies. Yeah, yeah, they weren't uh, <laughs> they weren't they weren't very well liked. That very same day, June 13th, Chris, this is strange. Jerry Lee Lewis got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> very yeah. questionable guy. Yeah, yeah. People people seem to turn a, a little bit of a blind eye back then to, to some stuff. Yeah, he, uh, he was an in- interesting character, to, to say the least. Hey, we'll be right back with the rest of this episode of The After Party after a few words from our sponsors. Hey, but maybe while you're listening to these ads, you can head over to kristamakes.com and sign up for our supporting cast. I don't know. Just an idea. We'll be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You say you wanted money, but you know it's never funny. When your shoes walk through and there's a rumble in your tummy, but you have to have style. Get a go-to smile. Put a girl on the corner so you can make a pile. And now, back to the sneak preview episode of The After Party. Time capsule, June 1989. A day later, Chris, June 14th of 1989, the groundbreaking began in Minnesota for the world's largest mall. Yeah, the Mall of America. Hey, can I tell you a quick, funny Mall of America story that I've told (laughs) before? Certainly. So, back in the day... You know, maybe 15 plus years ago, me and my friend PJ and my friend Jers would go to karaoke at this bar in it, near where we grew up, Bell Vernon, at this place called Sweeney's. And we would always perform songs. We'd always do that Starship, We Built This City song. <laughs> uh, and and we called ourselves Where the Boys Are was the name of our karaoke team. <laughs> and we just, you know, we'd be drunk and go do karaoke and just be annoying and do the dumbest songs possible. Well... around that time punchline was on tour and we had a day off we went to the mall of america and there was this video booth in at at the mall of america where you could go in and do karaoke and you got a vhs tape which is crazy because it had to be at the end of vhs tapes but it was an unmarked tape so me and pj were on tour and we went in there and we performed we built this city 
and we got the unmarked VHS tape and we went with no return address and we shipped it to our friend Jers. And so Jers got in the mail a blank VHS tape with no return address. <laughs> and he tells a story about getting this in the mail and being like, <laughs> what is this? Could you imagine getting an unmarked VHS tape in the mail? No, I can't. And what I also can't imagine is uh, the fact of you finding it and digitizing it and uploading it to the Facebook group. I'd love to see it. You know what? I don't. Yeah, I would love to see it, too. But it was just me and PJ <laughs> performing that song. But could you imagine the anxiety as you're popping an unmarked videotape that you got from a, from an address you don't know into the VHS? Like, that's some horror movie stuff. You yeah, know? Who, who knows what could have been on that tape? I also made a recording at the Mall of America. Did you? Around 2003, I went into one of those kiosks. It was a uh, an older lady that uh, just kind of was just going through the motions of her day. Uh, just I was just another customer, and I went in the booth, and I did White Snake. Uh, here I go again. <laughs> and they actually burned you a CD. And oh. uh, I got done, and I walked out of the booth, and she looked at me. Her eyes were like saucers, and she said, you sound like a professional singer. <laughs> Lady, I am. <laughs> I kind of killed it. And if I can dig that up, I will post it to the group. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. I wonder if we were on tour with you when this ha- Like, that's around the same time that we did that. I wonder if there's a yeah, chance. Yeah, that would have been, th- been 2003. I bet that was around the same time. Dude, it, there's a chance that we may have been with you. That's funny. Um, anyway, uh, that very same day that the groundbreaking began in Minnesota on the world's largest mall, Mall of America, Ronald Reagan was knighted by Queen Elizabeth II. Hmm. Mark mark that in my who the fuck cares category. I had no, I, I, had, um, I did not know that uh, that that happened. And on the very same day, I do care about this a little bit. Carol King got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and I think she deserved her her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Old Carol King. I love Carol King. That Tapestry album, man, so good. And dude, on the very same man, June fourteenth of nineteen eighty nine was a very eventful day because Chris, you are going to remember this. Zsa Zsa Gabor was arrested for slapping a Beverly Hills motorcycle cop. Yeah, that was big news. That was big yeah. news. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, <laughs> when you look into it, I, I tended to like side with Zsa Zsa Gabor <laughs> I, just for no reason. But then when I read about it, I'm like, ah, maybe Zsa Zsa Gabor was a little bit out of line in, in this particular scenario. But uh, yeah, two days later on June 16th, Chris, which I alluded to this earlier, Ghostbusters 2 premiered in theaters. The superstars of the supernatural are back to nuke the spooks. Two in the box. Ready to go. We be fast and they be slow. Make some time. Don't put any of those old cheap moves on me. No, no, no. It's different. I have all new cheap moves. Raise your spirits. If we don't do something by midnight, you will be remembered in history as the man who let New York get sucked down into the 10th level of hell. And kick some slime. Looks like a giant jello mold. I hate Jello. Oh, come on. There's always room for Jello. Happy New Year. Close them. Ghostbusters 2. You're short. Your belly button sticks out too far. And you're a terrible burden on your poor mother. 
That's right. And it was around uh, not too much later that Bobby Brown, I believe, uh, did, did his uh, did his Ghostbusters track on our own. Amazing song. I've talked about it a lot on podcasts. I love songs that are written specifically about a movie. <laughs> yeah, there's there, there, there's no gray area there. What what they were talking about. Yeah. He literally raps about the plot of Ghostbusters too, which <laughs> really makes me love that song. I think it's actually a really good song too. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They called the Ghostbusters and they're in control. Had a throwing party for a bunch of children. Well, all the while, the slime was under the building. So they packed up and boom, got a grip, came equipped, grabbed the proton packs on the back, and they split. But out of all legal, the master of evil, try to battle my boys, that's not legal. Five days later, on June 21st, the Supreme Court ruled that it's okay to burn a U.S. flag as political expression. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting ruling uh, from the Supreme Court. Two days later after that, June 23rd, Batman, the Batman, you know, the one with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, directed by Tim Burton. uh, It premiered. Yes. And uh, Prince did the bat dance with that movie. Yeah. That movie was huge. I, I can't yeah. put enough emphasis on how that was the blockbuster of, of that summer. It was massive. That movie was everywhere. Everyone saw it. Uh, and looking back, uh, it, 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 yeah, it's over 30 years old. It looks dated in some respects, but uh, the special effects and Michael Keaton, I think still looks great. Yeah, I got to watch that again sometime. Like, they make a new Batman. Like, how many times are you going to make a Batman movie? There's a new one now, The Batman with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. I guess I'll watch it. So, someone's turning eight years old tomorrow. It's going to watch it. So they'll Yeah, keep, I guess. They'll keep but how are it. there not news? Why do they keep making? I don't know. This is a whole other. I just don't understand why they keep making the same things over and over. I guess it's a different take on it every time, but like. Eh, anyway, I like The Dark Knight. I thought that was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the last thing I have about June of 1989 is that on June 26th, another Supreme Court ruling. The Supreme Court ruled that 16-year-olds can receive the death penalty. What? Really? Yeah. Where? It must have been a pretty heinous case. You know, I don't know what the particular case was. Hmm. But, um, That's, but by the late 80s, a lot of states were starting to outrule, uh, you know, any, any type of... Uh, uh, death penalties, uh, you know, so yeah. that, that seems that seems strange that that would have uh, that would have come into law. Interesting. Yeah. Death penalty. Interesting. Yeah. And if you want to hear a really bad album, uh, there's a band called Witch Finder General from the early 80s. They have an album called Death Penalty. So go check it out. <laughs> OK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe play What's it, the name? Maybe it's called they're called Witch Finder General. So, Chris, that's that's all I got about June of 1989. Once again, that's when 18 in life was. Wow. 
bringing it around. 18 in life. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that the last fact that it was about the death penalty. I mean, not that 18 in life is about the death penalty necessarily, <laughs> but kind of in the same vein, you know? So yeah, man, that's, you have any other memories from that time? Yeah. I think that, you know, we all have those, those summers that stick out and that was just, uh, that, that summer to me was just the summer of music. Again, it was, I, I can't tell you the excitement of, of what MTV was then. It was, that was what brought music into your homes. If you didn't have that, you had to physically get up and walk or drive uh, to the record store and, and go find music. Um, it was, uh, I don't know, it was just, uh, it was a magical time for, uh, not, not, not to sound like, you know, oh, back in my day, you know, get off my lawn, you kids. But, you know, that was, that was when I grew up. It was a, a special time. Um, just incredible the the memories I have of that summer and I was also not just listening to MTV I had discovered punk rock uh, probably about two years prior to that so by 89 you know I was uh, alongside my my uh, Skid Row CDs uh, there was Bad Religion I was listening to Suffer then uh, I was listening to Descendants uh, I first heard the Doughboys that year uh, might have been six seven months later I was I, I heard the first snuff record so uh, you know, that was starting to happen. And, and what was cool with that is, is it was another outlet, another way to find music. It was underground, but I was starting to look at magazines like Maximum Rock and Roll and Flipside. And when you went to the back of those magazines, they had order forms. You could order seven inches. So now besides radio and MTV and besides the, the record store at the mall or the local record store, there was another outlet, another way to find music. And I had no idea uh, where that was going to lead me <laughs> a couple of years later and what that, what that whole thing turned into. Right. What was your look at the time? Do you remember what, what you looked like in June of 1989? Go look at the, uh, the cover for my seven inch never surrender with, with oh. uh, that. That was me in 89. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had a, I had a mullet. Uh, I, I had a, <laughs> a, a, a gold rope chain. Um, at some point I had a, uh, <laughs> I went to the mall, and this might have been June 89. It was right around then, because I remember I was 15, and I came home. My dad just wasn't happy, but I had gotten my ear pierced at the mall, and gosh, I want to say it was like five bucks, if that, and they pierced your ear, and and they let you pick out. They had like five different things, and the other things must have been atrocious for me. I picked a gold cross out. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And I went we need home. a picture of that. I'll never forget my open, <laughs> opening the front door. And there's my dad standing there, and he looks at me, and he goes, "What the hell did you do?" You know. But uh, yeah, I, got, I had I had a gold cross around that time. Uh, I used to work. Uh, this was the time of of the Coca Cola Swatch Watch. I had one around that time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I was really into boat shoes. I had a bunch of different uh, colored wow. boat shoes. Uh, tight rolled jeans, no socks, boat shoes. Uh, shirt, shirt, sometimes tucked in depending on the mood. Uh, and, and you'd have the shirt unbuttoned so you could see the neck charm you were wearing. Uh, I was probably wearing, was I wearing a class ring? No, I wasn't. But sometimes I would wear my girlfriend's class ring around my rope necklace. Wow. Yeah. This is an amazing look. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> amazingly horrific. What, what stonewash jeans? Uh, what kind of oh jeans? yeah, I had, I had stonewash jeans. I also took jeans one time. Mark Cruz and I, I took a, a, a pair of, of just regular blue jeans and we had put rocks in them and tied rocks in different parts of the pants and we drove them around the block tied to our car to rough the jeans up and cut them. And then we soaked them in bleach because we wanted them to be whitewashed with holes in them. But we put too much bleach concentration in. And basically, uh, after six hours where we took the pants out, they basically just disintegrated in our hands. So it did, didn't work wow. out so well. So I, I had to go buy my own bleach uh, wash jeans at the mall. Wow. I didn't even know making your own bleach jeans was a thing. But I, I guess <laughs> yeah. it was. Yeah. Right. And you, you couldn't Google the right recipe. No one really knew or the right formula, yeah. I should say. So we kind of just uh, poured half a bottle of bleach in, in a bucket and threw some uh, jeans in there. But uh, yeah, you know, I'd like to touch on again, the Headbangers Ball, that was midnight every Saturday. It went from midnight till I believe two or three in the morning. It was like three hours. And uh, I I would have friends over uh, to stay the night every weekend. That was a staple in the house. And it wasn't too much later. I want to say it was around this time. And I believe at first it was just called Postmodern MTV. Then it became 120 minutes. Yeah. And it was basically the alternative, uh, the, the beginning of the alternative boom and or what people were or using the term alternative. It was around then we were starting to hear that term. What's alternative? Well, it's not heavy metal. It's not pop. It's something quirky and a little different. We're going to classify it as alternative and, and put it in this box over here. But many a night watching 120 minutes. Yeah, man. And then years later. That's where I would see a less than Jake music video. So there you full go. circle, man. Pretty badass. Pretty badass. Before we go, Chris, I'm going to play one of the songs that we talked about at the beginning to leave people with. I think I'm going to go. I'll let you decide. Satisfied or Wind Beneath My Wings? <laughs> <laughs> let's do Richard Mark Satisfied. Let's leave, him, let's leave him with a home run. All right. Hey everyone, I really hope you enjoyed this sneak preview episode of The After Party. If you enjoyed that one and you'd like to hear tons more right now, plus get a new one every week, plus support Chris Demakes a podcast, head over to ChrisDemakes.com and sign up for our supporting cast. Oh, and one more thing, get excited because we already recorded the next bunch of Chris Demakes a podcast episodes and we got some real heaters coming. For real. You're going to love it. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.